Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And as you can see, I have my Christmas t-shirt on. And it is, yes, a stormtrooper because why not? It's Christmas in July. And thanks to Mrs. Boomstick, we will be giving away $175 worth of gift cards today. And all you got to do is go to my Twitter account retweet the uh the comment christmas in july that i put out there and the hashtag is the xbox factor podcast giveaway and i will be picking a winner by topic number three like we did on tuesday and that is for one 100 xbox gift card one 50 xbox gift card and one $25 Xbox gift card, all compliments of Mrs. Boomstick, who wanted to give back to this community that has given us so much. And uh, f- folks, uh, I have been uh, out here uh, advertising this show. It is going to be a spicy one indeed, especially when we get to the topic of controller for the Xbox. Does it need to be more like or have features like the PlayStation 5 DualSense, and to be honest with you, it seems that most Xbox gamers do not want change, but you know what? I'm not one of them, to be honest with you, and if you disagree, well, that is what we're here to talk about. Let's get into the introductions, and we're going to start first making his return all the way from the other side of the world. You know him as Boxer Bear, but I know him, and I think the community knows him as Boxing Burger. Archimedes, (laughs) welcome back, brother. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Uh, Sorry I had to bail on last uh, week's show, uh, something at work had came up. So, But I'm glad to be back. Um, even though uh, we have a dry streak in news, you always yes. come up with such fantastic topics to discuss gaming, and that's what I'm here for. I love the discussions we have on this panel with BJ, with Josh, and Joe is uh, most certainly joining very soon, so I can't wait to discuss everything today. Yeah, you know what? Joe should be here momentarily. Uh, he was in the DM, so I would imagine that he's going to be joining us. And honestly, I really do hope he gets here because he is going to be the voice of reason as someone that represents the PlayStation brand in the most pr- uh, proper manner possible. I think he's going to have the most relevant uh, opinion regarding uh, what a dual, what some dual sense features could look like. Uh, for an Xbox controller. And again, you know, obviously we're going to get into that. But what, making his uh, return, uh, someone that is, uh, I consider to be the biggest brain of the panel, someone that always puts his words together in the biggest way possible. VJ, welcome back, bro. How you feeling? <laughs> I thought you was introducing Josh there for a minute. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, no, I'm all good, Boom. I'm really looking forward to the show. And uh, yeah, I just want to echo um, Archimedes' sentiment in terms of... Uh, the, the great topics and um, how they've got my brain churning this morning. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? I mean, obviously, when you have four shows, which we do have, and two of which are Xbox Factor Podcast uh, programs each and every week, you got to keep things fresh. You got to th- keep things interesting. And to be quite honest, I enjoy uh, writing about games um, and uh, producing these shows. So uh, thank you so much for the compliment. Uh, Josh, N- or N64 Josh, uh, obviously the newest addition to this uh, Thursday edition of the Xbox Factor podcast. Uh, how the heck are you, brother? And welcome back. So glad to be here. So glad to be here. And and thank you. 
Thank you, Boone. It's been an exciting week. Uh, I mentioned last week I went to work for a uh, a game dev called uh, Beamable, and I launched the Beamable Game Dev Podcast. Like nice. we have a we have a show now, and so nice. it's uh, it's been a very exciting, very exciting week. And uh, I'm so glad to be here and and talk Xbox. And I got to I got to hold the PS5 controller and feel the adaptive triggers for the first time. So I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to chat. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, you know, Sony uh, has, uh, for the most part, in four iterations. Now, this is now the fifth uh, with the with the DualShock controller uh, has done very little to innovate. But again, we're not going to get so much into that because we're, we're, we're going to uh, we're going to come back around to that comment as we wait for people to file in. And uh, but you know what? I, I do want to open up with a small topic. Now, this one is certainly not the biggest one. But it, it goes to show you that when talking about class and the way how to handle and diffuse the console war shenanigans, I want to focus your attention on a topic that middle-aged gamer guy actually found uh, from Primetime Gaming, and it concerns Xbox and the PlayStation trolls of the community. And uh, this is what the official Xbox Twitter account had to say to the people uh, and, and and this is this is pretty interesting. And again, not a big topic to start it off because we're still waiting for people to file in. But I want to get people's opinion on this because if there's one thing that we can admit and that we've gone on this particular show on record as saying is the the whoever's in charge of the media aspect of Xbox is doing an incredible job. So here's what the um, uh, the official Xbox Twitter account had to say. To the people in our reply saying PlayStation 5 is better, well, they responded by simply saying the best console is the one you enjoy playing, have fun. And they followed that with the positivity will continue until the discourse improves. Now, again, very simple words, but something that you would rarely find anyone from Nintendo or PlayStation doing to interact with the community. Also, not feeding the trolls with going after them, but simply saying, hey, listen, you know, the best console is whatever you enjoy playing. Archimedes, what, 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 I mean, again, not a big topic, but something that I think is worthy of a conversation considering how they've been handling Xbox media, both online and in the socials. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, what else is there to add? Uh, they, they said it all. Um, I, I really like the social media team of Xbox lately. They they put out really positive tweets. They um, always have that that um, how do you express that in English? Uh, Man, or when, when they launch a when Sony launches a game, they congratulate them. Um, when they put out record numbers, they comment that in a positive way, and they just encourage the community to, to enjoy gaming. Um, and and that's really awesome to see um, that it's not just it is a competitive market. They are competitors, and we we know all we all know that um, Xbox is also sometimes taking um, little shots <laughs> at Sony. Um, but in the end, um, they really try to not fuel the console war, and that is this is really awesome to see. I like that that social media team because let's face it, um, it's it's what sometimes just it's just so annoying on social when you're out on social media and twitter especially um 
the negativity with what you have to deal when you say something positive or negative about Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo. Or lately, uh, I just uh, <laughs> I posted about me having some problems getting p a certain PC game to run, and then suddenly the PC Master Race uh, fans came out and came at me, and it's it's sometimes uh, just so annoying, and to see that the that Microsoft is, is trying to spread the positivity around it. It's just, it's just great to see. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's very unfortunate that when you reach out to the community, instead of re you get a helping hand, you get, you, you get someone to fling crap. And uh, that, that's very disappointing, especially from the so-called PC master race. You would imagine that they're supposed to be the elite of the, of the elite. And to handle themselves in such a manner the way uh, they did with you is disgraceful. Uh, I'll go out and say that right now. And again, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. throw everybody under an, an umbrella because it's not everybody in the PC Master Race. But oh, it's, no, definitely it, not. It, 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 it's, it's, it's very it's disappointing when that kind of stuff happens. But I, I have to say, to see the Xbox account um, respond almost, in, almost instantaneously to this, uh, I, I think is just goes to show you that they are really um, have made a complete 180 as opposed to how they started in early 2013 with the Xbox One, uh, you know, where they they said things that they always they always seem like they were tongue tied. And this seems to be yeah. either a new a new social media team or one that is properly trained in how to handle working with the people. But whatever they're doing over there, it's been fantastic. Um, yeah. And it's not just the social media team, it's the executives themselves as yes. well. They yeah. handle social media so well. Um, no other platform holder does it like Microsoft does it. No. Yeah? You see Phil Spencer, Aaron Greenberg, Larry Herb, and even so on. Sarah All these, Bond has even been, Sarah has been, Bond has now yes. a Twitter account. Yes. Yes, it's awesome. And and um, it's also not easy for them to handle social media properly because you know how quickly you can make a short <laughs> comment that was tweeted in a, in a bad mood or whatever and uh, suddenly it comes back at you so it's it's really risky to be on social media for for an executive yeah i agree um so I, and they handle it really well um like you said boom it's it's a different microsoft is it's a different xbox than we had in 2013 and before that yeah no 100 percent. and i and i and i really do like um how uh, like I said, uh, Sarah Bond, whom I'm a huge fan of, uh, and 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 for me personally, I actually put it out, uh, put it out there. Someone had put like, "What are your What are your wishes?" Interviewing her is definitely one, one of my high lists. I don't think I'm ever going to get it on this channel, but listen, you know, I never thought I would have almost uh, nine thousand subs, and here we are. <laughs> I got almost nine thousand <laughs> subs. So uh, who who knows? Uh, dreams do come true. Uh, she's certainly an interviewer uh, that I'm looking forward to, and potentially will hopefully one day get. But VJ, I want to, I want to grab, I want to <laughs> grab your opinion on this. But before I do, I have to catch up on uh, super chats. And the first one comes from my brother Neo Mental in the in the chat, and he drops an outstanding five dollars of jet and says, "Yeah, the whole show on how wrong you can be on a subject." SMH hashtag Leave my elite alone. See, listen, I love my brother, but this is where he's wrong. Um, he likes the elite controller 2.0 the way it is. Good on you. Uh, but I disagree with you. I think that we need some uh, dual sense type uh, controller uh, elements. Um, and uh, you know something? Phil Spencer thinks so as well. But we're going to get into what he had to say 
a little later in the show, Chaos Might drops an additional fi- uh, uh, drops a, a very generous five dollars of jet and says Microsoft needs to add gyro to the uh, to the controller for more precision aiming. Oh, that's interesting. I never even thought about that. That's that's a great point, dude. And thank you for the super chat. And we had Philly Eagle, our generous brother and longtime supporter of Double Barrel Gaming, drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says there is no console war. Hold on a sec. Where are you, Philly? There you go. Uh, There are only fools arguing on social media and us gamers laugh at their stupidity. I like that. Hashtag keep the positivity. That's that's a good approach. That's a great (laughs) approach, brother. And hashtag enjoy this hobby. Indeed, my brother. Um, VJ, listen, you have been fortunate to, um, to be a part of the industry, not just as a gamer, but in the business of making games. And also in the business of selling games. And when you see Microsoft, um, who has uh, done some amazing things with their social media presence, make a statement like this. What does this say uh, to the the rest of the industry that is watching? Um, I'm going to take a a little bit of a a macro perspective, like uh, not not just focusing on, on the tweet, even though... It's a good step forward. I, for my sins, I do observe and listen to certain sort of PlayStation-centric uh, channels to to better understand the nature of um, the individuals that are quite visceral, boom, or, or instinctively reluctant towards Xbox and and Microsoft. And I, I do it um, because a they are intelligent people, uh, but not without a, st- a steadfast. Um, personal preference, but more so um, in order to sort of. Sorry about the airplane. Um, yeah, it's uh, flight simulator landing early, <laughs> but 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 more so in, in order to think about think about how I would devise a long term strategy to help change or alter unpopular uh, opinion or, or, or mindsets. Xbox have been for me in the past, at least, sort of. And I've said this on on, on your channel, sort of sometimes a, a slightly alienating um, a user group, right? A huge uh, user group besides their own, rather than sort of showing everyone in a in a I don't know if benevolence the right word, but in a benevolent manner, right? Which is which is key for me, what they're doing to improve and take the industry as a whole, which which we the community and a large part and are, and are a large part of it. As well as all other gamers on all other formats, uh, to take them forward. Uh, what I mean by that, you know, everyone included, and and for me, this has got to be the best baseline approach, right? Because obviously, there's many strategies and tactics involved, right, in growing your business. And I've clearly said many times that Xbox need to present themselves in a fashion that rises above um, yes. the, the shallow. Um, tip for tat schoolgirl remarks. Sorry, I should probably use better words, but that's what came to me. And, you know, especially when they're sort of, and we've seen it on occasion, so I'm not going to shy away from saying it, but aim towards Sony or, or, or Nintendo. And thus, what you're doing by doing that is also including their fan base in the process. And I've seen it on, on occasion on, on more often than I'd like to. Um, and it makes me feel uncomfortable, to uh, truth be told. Um, you know, sometimes it's in tweets, sometimes it's been in interviews uh, that Phil's had. 
And and if I might be so bold to say, I, I feel Xbox from time to time are lacking, a, you know, a master tactician in in this part of their in this part of their division. And p- perhaps as you say, Boom, you know, you've no. And I don't. I'm not on Twitter as much as you, so I'm going to take your word for it in terms of that you've seen a, a notable noticeable positive change or, or or a change in general in terms of how. Xbox uh, PR and marketing are, are approaching social media and uh, and the population um, uh, you know globally, because obviously that's their customer base and that's their target for this gen. So and and what I mean by that, a tactician sort of a smart tactician, a, a master tactician um, overcomes an opponent not by directly engaging or antagonizing the opposition or its sort of loyal and invested subjects as i mentioned these you know sort of playstation centric channels and if at all possible you know i'm not saying it's always avoidable but that should be you know the baseline approach and some may feel you know this tweet that's just come out um i don't, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before or, or a few days ago so forgive me uh it, you know is a marked change in strategy and, and for the better i would say that there's still a long long way to go but um and perhaps you know, sometimes I think Xbox should bite their tongue, you know, and pause verbally, you know, when inclined to sort of defend yourself publicly and, and judge the mer- merit um, or, or uh, um, of perhaps what you're about to say. Sometimes sometimes I think that silence is the best approach or the best answer in certain circumstances and perhaps focus on, on being an exemplary model that everyone respects, yeah, not just your, not just your current fan base. And, and for Xbox, in this case, you know, we know it's going to take time. And during that time, and we talked about it last week, that they are going to be pointed at. They are going to be ridiculed for people that are in, you know, that, that come across as if they're extremely knowledgeable, but they're not really seeing the wood for the trees, especially in the longer term. And perhaps sometimes, as we see on Twitter, you know, Xbox are sometimes violently opposed, you know, because, you know, not physically, but, you know, sometimes depending on the intent of how you use a specific word, word, there is an anger and a violence behind it, right? You can feel the vibration sometimes. But unfortunately, that's the shallow grave that Xbox have dug for themselves, but they're doing their absolute best to come out of it. And you have to, you have to say there's an incredible amount of work that has been done ever since the announcement, I would say, uh, of so long ago now, boom, it was the end of 2019 when they announced the Series X, and you've seen a sea of change. And, and and as I say, there's a lot of work still to be done if a sea of change is to occur and for Sony and Nintendo fans to become far more positive and incli- inclined towards the Xbox brand. Everyone knows that, I would say that realistically, you know, outward behavior, especially on Twitter, and uh, and commentary on there is, I kind of best put it, is often, if not mostly, um, superficial, and um, and I think it's smart instead of sort of riling up, you know, your PlayStation fans or, or Nintendo fans or PC fans or whatever you're inclined with, inclined towards, um, with any sort of counter swipe or or taking the high ground as they've seemingly attempted on, on social media. Sometimes, as I say, on interviews and, and tweets in the past, in my eyes. In my eyes, at least, it's kind of left me feel, feeling a bit uncomfortable at the, at the naivety. And as I say, there, there, are always, there are always better moves that can be made on the board, bringing everyone into alignment. And I think that's what Phil's ethos is, right? what his plan is, right? While, while still messaging and driving your advantage, I'm not saying don't do that. But, and I'm just saying that every time a tweet goes out, I think a lot of consideration and thought needs to go into it, right? And, and I think that probably perhaps this is probably one of the key 
key components of change that have probably occurred in the, in the Microsoft Xbox um, PR team. And for me, boom, whenever anyone has anything to say against Microsoft, they should just keep it really simple. And for me, from the year that I've been on the show with you, uh, simply state and evoke in a PR message or interview that, look, Xbox has been around, been around for 20 years. It's here to stay. And while we're investing heavily in order to meet expectations, we offer compelling choice, options, price, and quality accessibility for existing gamers, communities, and, and global audiences at large. And, and, and as simple as that, no matter, and I would add to that, sorry, Ben, which I've said before, is that no matter what your preference or the walk of life you come from, especially if you're targeting um, you know, sort of three million, three billion, sorry, odd gamers. I'm not an expert, sort of, in any shape, way, or form. But as I say, if you desire a sea change, you need to look at the team driving the change. And and I've said before, and I, I want to stick, stay consistent at least. And, and I've come across the fact that some uh, Xbox are past their prime, and and freshening up isn't a bad thing. Boom! If you look right across nature, it's it's part and parcel of it. And I'm I'm going to stop there before I start offering examples and stuff. But as I say, there is a cultural and inspirational um, communication equation that's that you can clearly see that's been looked at, right? And um, not just domestically, boom, but it's got to be overseas as well. And as I say, via somewhat a more benevolent approach and therefore an ethos change and, and, and a growth needed behind the scenes. And, and, and for me, regardless of the tweet, there's always room for improvement, especially if you want to lead individuals. And I've talked about this before, or, or a generation or a new generation of an existing and new generation of gamers in this case on a, on a mass scale that Phil is and, and Microsoft are pursuing. And they must first respect you for what you stand for before they begin to follow you. So anyway, yeah, I'll leave that yeah. I mean, I mean, great points as, as, as always. Josh, as, as someone that has recently took a job, in PR for a particular entity, hearing this, hearing this uh, response uh, from uh, the official Xbox account, uh, I mean, again, they're not shouting out uh, anyone in particular. They could have easily just, you know, started naming people, but they they simply said that, uh, yeah, if 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 you enjoy the PlayStation and that's your favorite console, you know, basically good on you. What, what how how do you think that response was? I, I don't see anything wrong with it myself because it's it, it's acknowledging the trolls. Yes. Not, not really feeding them. Yes. You know I, mean? I like that. It's, yes. It, it acknowledges them. And, and, and I don't know, maybe just the fact that it, they let them know they're heard. Maybe, maybe that can mean something. Honestly, for me, that, 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 that response completely diffuses the whole situation. And it's it, it it does it does because, I mean, it does no good for any of us to engage. You're correct. With, yes. With these people, right? Like it's usually anime avatars. Like they're they're pretty. <laughs> I like, like that. That's funny. You know, it, something it, you're onto something. <laughs> it, I mean, it's 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 faceless. You know, they just at the end of the day, they're looking for the they're looking for the ratio. You know, which is just so it's it's so ridiculous that like. Why are you wasting time on Twitter for a ratio? Go play your PlayStation that you enjoy so much. You play know? games. Like, go yes, play the I games. Agree. Like yeah. do do something with your life. Go go start a PlayStation podcast and <laughs> and you know, <laughs> hang out with that community and and I don't know, just do something positive. That's that's kind of where and that's you can see that's what 
that's what Xbox is pushing towards. It's something positive, right? And and I love that they they're different than than Nintendo and PlayStation. That they don't just play the 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 corporate, you know, PR, just like everything needs to be you know approved seven times before this goes out, and you know make sure the copy is exactly as it is. Like, of course, there's approval. I mean, if you've I've sat and listened to like clubhouse chats about like the Xbox fridge and the leak of the series S and all that kind of stuff. And the, the team, the, the leadership allows that team to do their job. Yes. Right. And they do that job well. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, we're sitting here talking about it. That tweet got major traction, right? So yes, it from, did. from the business side, Again, it was a, it was, I mean, you saw so many people quoting that thing and just saying, yeah, you know, I think my, my tweet just said this, right? Like this, like, enjoy what you want. Just enjoy <laughs> things. Like, that's really the message here. Just, just like, just enjoy something. Enjoy yeah. something that's not trying to bring people down or, or cause somebody frustration or pain. Just, just go enjoy something it was like, I think that was kind of just the, uh, the the underlying message there and that's that's what's important like we get to play video games yeah you know, if you you know what get on and, Twitter with your phone you get to play games like be thankful for that and enjoy it well you know what what i want to do and i i'm i'm calling an audible here uh because i see a lot of people talking about it in the chat um i i, I have to talk about death store um this is a game that maybe a lot of people on the panel haven't got a chance to play. And the reason why I want to talk about it for a couple of minutes is it just goes to show you the kind of games that continue to come to Xbox, regardless of size, in a big way. Now, I'll be the, for anyone that follows me knows um, that I'm not a Souls guy. Right? It's just, it's just the difficulty for me is just over my head as a gamer and the frustration that comes with it i just rather not you know what i'm saying and there are some games that i've played that i've enjoyed significantly that are souls-like games that are not soul games um and death's door happens to be one of them i'm gonna tell you this right now uh this is a 20 dollar game uh, made by two people um, and I cannot begin to tell you that it is. See, this, see that's the thing. A lot of people are con comparing this to a Souls type game. Now, it, granted, it has some elements, but for me, being an old school G, you know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I grew up with the, as you know, with the, with the how how difficult Zelda was back in the days, and Metroid and Kid Icarus and things of that nature. It has more of a Zelda and metroid feel than it does an actual souls game now granted i've seen people say they've died a hundred hundred times somebody put a, a drop the super chat and said he's still stuck at the first boss i only died once at the first boss and to be honest and i'm not i'm tooting my own horn here because i'm not a souls guy only died half a dozen times and i'm three hours three four hours into the game very cautious how i play i take my time i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it but i i, I gotta tell you 
Uh, I'm not getting anything for trying to sell this game. You know, the, the folks that made it, uh, they don't know who Boomstick is, which is fine. It's Acid something that made uh, the game. It's, man, it's it's so good. It's 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 it has no right to be as good as it is, folks. That that's how that's how good it is. Uh, and for I think it's still on sale. I paid 18 and change. It was like 10 percent off of a 20 dollar game. The game is. They say eight to ten hours. I, I kind of think it's going to be a little bit longer than that, especially if you like secrets like me. Like I'm going, I'm going back because there's certain things. Again, this is where the Metroid uh, um, reference comes from. I found a couple of things that allows me to to start fires, uh, which I didn't have before, and I and I'm going back to see if I could find some more secrets. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, I'm gonna just, uh, you know, get the get the, uh, you know, the opinion of the uh, of the of the of the chat. Of course, I want to hear what you guys and gals have to say, but I want to get the uh, the pals' opinion. Boxer Bear, I know you said that you are you haven't played it yet, but you've seen it. Does this game interest you? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. There's just another good reason why I don't have the time right now to play it. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, it, I bought it. It's it's sitting on my Xbox waiting for me to be played. Um, and I will probably start it really soon. <laughs> yeah. And can't wait. I love difficult games. Uh, I love the challenge. Uh, I love Zelda. I love Metroid. There's everything in there that I like in a game. So I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it's definitely something everyone should uh, uh, t take the time if you're a fan of those types of games. Like I said, if you're a fan of Zelda, Metroid, Souls, it's something for everyone. Um, and uh, I, again, I, I I can't stop. I like literally went to bed thinking about it, woke up thinking about it. That's how the game has me personally. Uh, Josh, as someone that streams, as uh, besides the, all the other you know jobs that you have now <laughs> that you got hired, uh, is this a game that that interests you personally? Does the, the does the difficulty kind of scare you off? No, difficulty doesn't. No, difficulty does not does not scare me off. Games like uh, like we talked about, Ninja Gaiden, Cuphead, yes. Contra from back in the day. <sighs> so good. Like those games don't they don't they don't bother me at all. I love the challenge. I love just how satisfying it is to finally complete uh, difficult. Um, games like i i really enjoy it uh what was that cyber shadow that just came out i i loved that like that i mean it's been out for a couple months now but uh it's been a busy game in releases the, or a busy week usually releases, the summer right? is like, dead not anymore yeah, yes not, not not this week Splitgate, you know has kind of gained a bunch of attention and uh pokemon unite launched yesterday on the switch and so, honestly, I planned on trying, uh, trying <laughs> Death Store yesterday. That's that's the name, right? Death Store. I want to make sure. Yeah, I'm Death Store. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and then Pokemon Unite came out, so I ended up making uh, some shorts about that today. I'm doing Splitgate. I think tomorrow will be Death Store, so uh, so I can get uh, get a chance to to play it. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's. I think you're gonna dig it, especially because you appreciate. Uh, some of the old school games that you mentioned. Uh, it is, it's going to be, I think, right up your alley for sure. VJ, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Where do you fall with difficult games? Does Death Door, uh, you know, is that something that you would try? Uh, again, first of all, the price is, well, uh, it's one of those games that's worth its price of admission simply because it's a, a $20 game 
that's going to give at least uh, uh, 20 hours worth of play, especially if you're someone like me that enjoys finding secrets and uh, leveling up. Uh, wh- wh- where do you fall with this game? Um, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I don't know. I started to think about games from the 90s and how difficult Ghouls and Ghosts used to be. But, I mean, I suppose the most difficult game I've played this year is Hollow Knight. So I don't know where that ranks as, in terms of, of a difficult game. Um, so I, well, I think that's definitely a difficult game. That's yeah, definitely, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I, I got, what, about 108% in that game. So, so I've wow. pretty much completed most of it. And uh, But I think, boom... There's two things for me is that I think I mentioned Sekiro and um, the only difficult thing I found about that game was the load times. So that, but I wanted to, I wanted to keep playing it, but um, I, I think it's purely down to the magic um, of the game itself. If it engages your um, imagination, um, whether you're grinding or whether you're, you're trying to overcome a difficult boss or a level or a platform, I think if the game in, engages me or in my, in my imagination, I should say, um, then I'm all in. There's no issues whatsoever. I'm not familiar with the game that you've mentioned, but I've made a note of it. Um, and, if, uh, if you if you enjoy uh, a mm-hmm. game's difficulty, and again, it's not overly difficult. It, it's a lot of timing. It's a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another big W for Devolver Digital. Uh, I, right. I know that you do. You spend a lot of time with our good, very good friend, uh, the indie gamer, uh, yeah. and he and he's constantly talking about uh, <laughs> digi- uh, Devolver Digital. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the again, they they saw this game from Acid Nerve, who is uh, a two two man team that made this game. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it. It's one of those games mm. that I, I think everyone should definitely check out. I highly recommend it. Yeah. and again, I'm I'm not getting a dime for it, but I, I I have to sell this game for them because I think this is something special. I I would even dare say, and I know I I get it. There's so many indie games that are have that have released that are mm. also still coming. That are going. I think that again. This is we'll be talking about this in December. This year's game of the year is going to consist of at least half a dozen, maybe even uh, more than that, indie titles. Uh, I, I think the indie scene has really exploded on the scene, and 2021 is going to be a perfect uh, representation of that. I mean, we still have Kina uh, for the PlayStation. We still have. Um, uh, the ascent. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, so. So I was just going to say is that look, I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I saw that last stop is coming to games uh, to Game Pass, and I this, have to this tell month. You, yes, yeah, and I have to tell you, it's a game I've been talking to Indie Gamer for a long, long time, and I'm so pleased it's coming to Game Pass. I know it's not on everybody's radar, but I thought I'd give it a mention. Oh, Zemi Games has been talking up that game on the other Xbox Factor podcast for months. I would even say that he talked about it last year. It's, it's again, <laughs> it's one of those games like Tunic uh, that's coming. That again, one man's making that game. Uh, I played the demo, absolutely loved it. If you're an old school Zelda fan, uh, you will definitely love that. Um, there's just there's there's just so much to look forward to. But yeah, I, I, again, I kind of wanted just to to talk about about Death's Door for a hot second, uh, and 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 then we'll get back to the main topic. We are we, uh, Mr. Bad Bit is unfortunately not going to be joining us. He had to take his dog to the vet. Something happened. So obviously, real life folks. Your pets are part of your family, so he's said he's going to try and be here by the end when we we are talking about the DualSense versus the Xbox Series S uh, X controller, uh, which would be perfect timing. Uh, Pong Soul is going to be joining us 
momentarily, but I got to catch up on the Super Chats. And my God, there's been a ton of them. Vogel's Creed, good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat and says, Sarah Bond has had her Twitter account for many years, but she has recently started being active. Yeah, which is awesome. And again, it just goes to show you when you look at what Sony is doing and what Nintendo is doing as opposed to Microsoft's, uh, you know, high-ranking uh, people within the company, it's it's literally night and day. And she's just another addition to an already stellar presence that Microsoft or more so Xbox has. And it, it, you know, again, she's she's uh, she's a great addition uh, to the team. I'm, I'm I'm happy that she's out there, uh, you know, in the socials interacting with the people. I think that's absolutely fantastic. We have uh, Don Otaku. Drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, finally caught you guys live, even though I should be asleep. Gyro controls, uh, controller features that need most, especially with their shooter focus. Indeed. So you're the second one to say that. And uh, dude, I, I'm glad that you're up. And we have Horace drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, I'm one of your new subs. Oh, dude, welcome to the channel, brother. He says, I first stumbled across your channel four weeks ago. And now I can't wait for the next show. Love all of your content. Much love to you and the missus. Well, dude, thank you for the very, very generous and kind words. I am, honestly, as much as we appreciate the Super Chats, it's the comments that really stand, uh, that really stand out. It's, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's the interwebs. You're not always going to get nice people. And I'm going to be honest with you. For the most part, I don't really get negative comments because I'm not really negative. I, I think if anyone's going to say anything, they'd say, boom, you're too damn positive. You make me sick. And, and and I've had that happen too. But thanks for the compliment. Thank you for the super chat. And Drawn TJ drops a very generous. $5 says, good morning, boom. I hope you guys have an awesome day. Well, thank you, dude, for being here as always. Thank you for the generosity. And I hope you have an amazing day as well dan the man cunningham drops a very generous five dollars super chat and says what does that sign say e-l-e everyone love everyone and i or everyone love everybody i like that damn it good o-l-e semi pro yeah dude listen what why not be just love everybody that's what i say i you know that it's better than hate for sure scrub nurse who is recovering Dude, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you didn't hurt yourself. He took a stumble on his bike, and he showed it on Twitter. That looked painful as F. But I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that hopefully you're feeling better. He drops a $2 Super Chat and says, only thing needed on the Elite Controller is Design Lab. See, you're right there with my brother, Neo Mental. Who's wrong? But you know what? That's what brothers do. We we disagree. Uh, and Dan, I know you're listening. I love you. Um, we have... Um, Let's see. We have Caper Grant 692 drops a very generous $10 super chat and says, good afternoon, booming panel. Well, good afternoon afternoon to you, Caper. Appreciate you being here. But of course, I appreciate the very generous $10 super chat. And Gerald Mack, another generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, good morning to the superstar panel, Mr. Boomstick and friends. You guys are awesome. Love the work. Love what you do for the community. Well, Gerald, thank you so much for that, brother. And we appreciate you being here. Stubbs Gaming. I think you might know who that is, VJ. He <laughs> drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, I hope VJ is keeping cool with cold tea. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hot as hell. It's actually not so bad here. It's only 84 in New York, which isn't bad. We have to welcome in Pong Soul Pong. What's up, brother? How you feeling? 
Good morning, everybody. Look, I'm sitting at home today out of the blue working, and all of a sudden the double barrel gaming bat signal goes up, and you know I got to respond. So, I'm Well, we appreciate it, brother. You are the busiest man going. We had you on uh, Tuesdays, uh, obviously, which is with uh, you know where you are normally. But you know what? We were down one man, and I figured we might as well bring in a superhero and hear you are brother well thank you so much for being here i definitely appreciate that as we close in on 300 people here i want to move on to well this is technically topic number two but it's three because i kind of threw uh you know the uh, the death door conversation in um and uh yeah that's a game that's getting a lot of hype i i'm very excited uh for uh acid nerve this is a two-man team and it looks like not only are they winning on the socials not only are they winning in the metacritic which again no one really gives a flying f about but it's still important for smaller devs and the fact that a two-man team made what's coming what people are already talking about game of the year 2021 that's something to be said and i'm very happy for that uh for that uh two-man team and of course uh hey, you hey know, boom i don't know if anybody talked about it because i was uh you know doing work and getting into this but uh last stop dropped last night on game pass or this morning early this morning well from Annapurna. See, i did not know that that it yes. dropped today yes yes i actually played through one of the chapters last night of one of the characters do not sleep on this game i'm not a normally heavy you know with with narrative driven games they're hit or miss for Is me it kind um, of like an episode of the outer limits kind of yes from what i'm gathering it's going to have a it's got a cast of different characters that you play as and their stories kind of intertwine and it's it's narrative driven you it's are controlling bad. from a third person but it's got mini games in it but the first chapter that i played last night of one of the characters a uh, really really good re uh, actually really entertaining so don't sleep on this but it is available now annapurna always puts out great games just yeah. like devolver does uh, yeah. this is by a uh, variable state is the developer but annapurna is the publisher uh so everybody go check it out if you get a chance it it, it definitely looks like it's got some good stuff to it so well, I mean, listen, uh, it's funny because VJ literally just mentioned that. Uh, but there you go, folks. Uh, the last stop. I know Zemi is probably playing that right now as, as we speak, which is, which is awesome. Uh, and uh, he's, been, he's been definitely looking forward to that title for certain. Uh, and uh, look, I, I want to I move on to the next topic. And, and I'm, I'm actually happy that you're here, Pong, because you're an old school cat like myself. And one of the things that I enjoy doing when writing these shows is getting the community involved, right? And two particular tweets came across my timeline, and I told both guys that I said, listen, this is such an, an, an intriguing and thought-provoking conversation you have brought to me that I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to write an original topic, and that's what we're going to head on to topic number three. Now, SSST Roscoe Gaming, who is in the chat, he wrote a tweet and says this. Xbox really needs a studio like Bluepoint so they can revive older IPs. At least I think it'd be good for fans of, the, of these older IPs. I raised my hand right here. And that was a follow-up tweet by the Night Beard. Uh, and it's at Angus McDuff on Twitter. He says a remake slash remaster studio would be really important long term. 
Now, here's the thing, folks. Um, I I look at the Xbox as a as a as a, an entire entity, not just a Halo or a, you know or, or just the pillars that that keep the box up, right? I like to look at where we came from. And it's something that I've talked about on the show many times before. It's something that both Nintendo and Sony celebrate, and they do it well. Specifically, Sony, because they do work with Bluepoint to bring older IPs brought back in a new way. And we just saw Demon's Souls for the PlayStation 5 as a launch title. And that obviously got rave reviews. Many people in the in the PlayStation community cheered on Demon's Souls, because remember... It's only had one, so this is a remake of the original. Uh, but we've seen um, Bluepoint bring back Shadow of the Colossus, which was a masterpiece. It was gorgeous. Now the controls, eh, you know, they were a little tough, but whatever. But they've worked on they worked on the PlayStation Four version of Flower, which again, you know, very very uh, niche type of title. Uh, we've seen them uh, work on the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. We've seen them do. The Gravity Rush uh, remaster, which uh, they actually did Titanfall for the Xbox 360. But this is what I want to grab the, the, the panel's opinion. And, of course, the chat as well as we cross 300 people here. You know, for me, there are currently so many older IPs that Microsoft has that are laying dormant. As a matter of fact, Crimson Skies has just entered the fray in one of the games being added to Game Pass this July. And Crimson Skies is a, is a perfect example of an old game that could potentially be brought back in a semi-big way, not an HD remaster. I mean, go in there and remake this game from the ground up. If you've never played it, it still looks incredible, and the game is over 20 years old. It was a launch title for the OG Xbox. So, Pong, being that you jumped in here, do you agree that Microsoft either needs to create from the ground up a studio that could bring us older games like a Conquer, like a Cameo, like Banjo-Kazooie, because Jesus Christ, I'm still going to keep beating his drum. Phil, if you're listening, Sarah, somebody, if you're listening, what is the holdup here? I mean, I get it with Killer Instinct. You don't have a studio. Well, you can go buy one. I, you know, I'm not going to give you my money because you don't need you don't need it. But honestly, Pong, do they need a Blue Point Studios of their own? Uh, yes, I, I believe they do. I'm guilty as much as any of us older people, older gamers, whatever you want to say, are of living in nostalgia. Um, I, I, I fall into that category very easily. Um, but I think there is a real missed opportunity when you don't have a studio or studios to go back through your back catalog and refresh some of the classics um, and some of the beloved franchises. Now, of course, there's the business aspect that's involved. Yes. How many people actually... Out of all the people that you know that yell for something to be remade or to be brought back, how many of those people actually go out and buy it and support it? That's always the biggest question. You got to be real careful because obviously it's not as simple as just going back and, and saying, okay, we're just going to flip a switch and bring this forward and everything's going to be perfect. That's not how this works. You got to have a studio who understands a lot like Bluepoint obviously does uh, what it takes to do that and and how, you know, 
you carefully have to manage, you know, keeping the old feel of the game, but somehow modernizing it so that new people as well can enjoy it. Um, and and even as even some of the older people, as we go back to some of the older games and backwards compatibility, there's some that hold up and there's some that you go back to and it's like, yeah, this thing's feeling age. This isn't the best in the control scheme. This isn't, you know, the greatest looking game anymore. And you got to balance those two out uh, so that you don't lose the game. Otherwise, you're right. just creating a brand new game all over again. And, you, and you're going to lose the that that nostalgia feeling that a lot of people would come and buy because we want to revisit those worlds again or we want to experience those feelings again so i think it is important i think it is a missed opportunity if you don't have at least one studio like blue point to at least investigate you know you're never going to be able to go back and and do the entire catalog all over again of course not yeah right but but at the same time to pick and choose out some fan favorites Yes. yes, exactly. I, I I think that it is a missed opportunity because I think there definitely is a market and you just don't know that there is a whole group of people out there, just like we saw with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, that never did get a chance to play those games because of age or just when they where they were in life at that point. Yeah. And to be able to go back and bring in new fans of a series, I think that you... You know, you may hit the lottery on one or two of those where people go, wow, look at this. I forgot. And look at how great they did to bring this forward and modernize. And all of a sudden you got yourself another franchise that you can build off of once more. So I think it's worth the exploration. I definitely think it's worth having at least one studio uh, doing some titles and seeing how it goes. Again, the business side of things, I get it. You can't just you know risk millions upon millions of dollars and time into a game to have it come out and you know and you and you sell ten thousand copies, be, even though you had you know the nostalgia was was seemingly saying that there was going to be millions of people buying it. Right? We, we, we can't do that either. That's not going to work. But for your big older titles i think it's definitely worth it i think blue point has proven that so i yeah. definitely think it's something that microsoft xbox phil and his team should definitely be looking into investing in and finding the right group of people to do that so i, I definitely think it's worth it well you know here's the thing here's an interesting theory and again folks i'm just a guy with a pod i was a small podcast most people don't give a shit what i have to say right and that's fine that's fine i i completely hear you i, I don't have the status quo of a or following like an IGN or a Kotaku and whatever else. That's fine. But here's the thing. And, and bear with me. When you have 23 studios, right? Microsoft's talent pool is through the roof. Anyone that suggests otherwise, you're just not paying attention to what's going on in the class. So basically, in order to find a group of people, you, you work in a, in a company Send a memo out. Anybody interested in reviving older IPs, we're looking to create a studio with, from within the talent we currently have, right? We're looking for project managers, this, that, and the third, and put the list out there. And get a small team of 20, 30, 40 people to come together to create a Blue Point-esque type of team that will pick what game from the catalog that they're passionate about bringing him back. I mean, this, I mean, a good friend of the show, Jigger J says that he wants to see lost odyssey. Now that is something that has come to into a conversation more times than not, 
because Lost Odyssey, quite frankly, was dope. And to get a remake of that would be awesome. But I, I, I just think that, that they have the means. They have the means because they have the personnel to do it. They just have to obviously create said team. Now, I know that we've seen Satya Nadala say, well, it's much easier to um, just buy a team. And that's probably true. But one of the things, one of the biggest, uh, I think, um, points of the conversation you made is the business aspect. And because of Xbox Game Pass, I think they could be a little more risque. Let's get Boxenberg, Boxenberger's uh, opinion on this. Again, now, Colt Eastwood, friend of this community, friend of this particular show, has constantly said that he would not want to see Banjo-Kazooie remade because it's taking talent away from making a new IP. And, of course, I disagree because I want Banjo-Kazooie, but I completely understand his point. With that said, they wouldn't have to choose if they had a dedicated team to bring said IP back and you let them pick and choose because that's what Blue Point does. A lot of people don't understand that you know Sony doesn't beat them over the head and say, you know what, you're making this. Sony, like Sony has done before, what do you want to make? Well, we want to remake X, and they let them go crazy. And it takes three years, five years, whatever it is, but they remake it, and it's something special. And unlike Sony, who is asking gamers, us in this circle right here, to pay $76.43 here in New York for their games, Microsoft would just drop it in the Game Pass, and it would get millions of eyes and hands. What are your thoughts on that? sounds so beautiful if you phrase it like that um <laughs> listen um the, the thing is um i am I, I really like to play old games i play them uh, play some of my favorite games um over and over i'm playing again. through psychonauts um, right now awesome i did that a few weeks ago uh still holds up very well by the way and but the thing is we have had this discussion on the show multiple times when we uh, discussed should we get a remake from studio xy off game yz yeah that that's a discussion we always have and usually my answer is yeah i i don't want to do a ninja theory uh, for instance to waste their resources to not work on hellblade 2 or or project mara instead do yep. instead of doing a remaster of one of their games so that's usually my take. I would take a new Banjo game anytime, but it has to be a new game. I don't want to have a remaster. I can play that via back compat. Now, right. no, um, I agree. I, I think the remaster thing has run its course. I agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But to have a dedicated team to really do good remakes is something that is awesome. Just yeah. see what we had last year, the Mafia remake. An incredible so, remake. Really that is would. basically a new game. Um, we have seen it with Demon Souls. Blue Point has done it multiple times. Yeah, um, that's something that is awesome. And for Microsoft to have such a dedicated team, I would be in one hundred and ten percent. That is that is something um, awesome. That is is not taking away the creative talents from from new games um, to have yes. a, a studio that is just wants to do those those type of games. Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely something that would be cool, and there is a market for it. Um, the, the, we have some classic games out there, um, some great games that are great because 
they brought something special to the table. Maybe fantastic gameplay elements, a fantastic story, um, a special kind of immersion, something that pulled you in the game. We have some games out there. Crimson, you mentioned Crimson Skies earlier. It's an amazing game. It has an incredible story in a, in a, in a genre where, where you usually don't get a story. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> um, mean, again, it's, it's very Indiana Jones-esque. You yes, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but just as an example, yeah, uh, the, the, to take such a game and make that properly with modern day graphics, modern day controls, modern day gameplay um, adjustments, that's just, something that would be awesome somebody in the chest chat uh, i think it was two man mentioned dead space something like that special games um remake uh, properly is something awesome and microsoft is uh, or should definitely do something like that because sony has shown that this kind of remakes really work on in the console space yeah and 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 here's the thing they don't have an xbox game pass and that is something that, again, that's a part of the conversation because risk Definitely. versus risk versus how much they, you know risk versus reward. Let's just say, you know, yeah. what are we spending this money on? Are we going to see a return in, of investment? That is obviously the biggest question in any business. Even though Microsoft has two billion dollars, uh, two trillion dollars, I should say, they're not looking to throw any money away, but they don't have to because again. Because of Xbox Game Pass, it allows for the conversation to be had that, listen, we don't have to bank on the sale of the game. We just have to bank on the people subscribing. And when you put classic game, I, I, I've seen it 10 times already, Jet Set Radio. I understand that is a Sega IP, but this is what you do. You license Sega. You deal. You make a second-party deal with Sega to remake Jet Set Radio radio which was of course launched on the og xbox that saw life on the on the dreamcast right and we know that they have a great relationship that game would move sales numbers in regards to subscriptions and that's what you ultimately want to do and again a, a different a, a title like a conquer they need they don't have enough family type um platformers in there the same way they don't have fighters the same way they don't have flights Did you just refer to conquer as a family well i mean not really i, I didn't say i didn't say conquer, right? we, we, we better use banjo as an example here banjo <laughs> is a better a better better example but i like that josh that was that was a good catch on that you know josh let me let me ask your opinion on this look again this is just be, listen folks when there's not a lot of news and you want to be entertained for two hours sometimes you got to kind of you know call an audible and this is one of those topics that i saw posted in my timeline and i thought that i thought it was a, a very valid conversation going versus you know blue point which uh, uh, we we know from the leak that they're eventually going to be uh sie first party for you josh would you like to see microsoft invest poten potentially in a, a studio that's just dedicated to bringing back older ip so they don't have to pull talent from a rare or from a ninja theory or you know the the gears of war makers what what are your thoughts on this the the answer is absolutely yes please uh i'm gonna take you guys back uh 19 years all right nice Nin I, 19 I like years it. ago uh almost to the day i was i was saving pennies <laughs> and buying a a second sony trinitron 
CRT and a second Xbox so that my wife and I could play Crimson Skies on our own screen. So we did not have to be split screen. Dope, dude. Yeah. So when the moment you mentioned Crimson Skies, my ears perk because uh, like I would be. What what an incredible title and a fantastic IP. Completely. And I believe Crimson Skies is actually the sequel. I think there's a there was a game before it as well. And so the the thing that I think would not not only get a studio like you're mentioning, but make it a free to play game and give it a give it a season. Dude, you have hit the nail on the please elaborate on what that would do. It it is a game that like it just lends it's it's the multiplayer is so fun. It's great. It is is so fun. And could you imagine uh, just in today's, uh, you know, the way the games are designed now and the ideas that could be used for Crimson Skies, like massive, like 50 versus 50 dogfights, right? Like just what, i mean look, here's, here's another one here how about this already <laughs> yeah no no I, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna make the goosebumps and dudes even more what if you're you're dog fighting right it's 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 uh you know you're it's 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 12 people on a map you're all dog fighting and a world event happens where like a giant blimp everyone has to band together to take this down kind of like in destiny mm-hmm. when they have those i'm getting goosebumps folks and this is the kind of stuff that you could bring to a free-to-play game. It does have a story. And again, very Indiana Jones-esque, if you will. Uh, if that was done with modern controls, modern graphics, it would be something to be marveled, at least in my opinion. But Josh, please continue. Yeah, it it's the game is just so much fun. And I, I think I may have mentioned it on here before, maybe not. But back in the day, you'd get a ranking in Crimson Skies. You'd, you'd get a, a single star, a two star, three star, four star, and one large star. Yes. And people in Xbox Live voice chat would always ask, how do you get the star? And I would always reply, you have to hit BFA as fast as possible. And they would make them leave the lobby. You would see half the people leave the lobby because I would just troll. And they'd come back and they, they're like, it didn't work. I'm like, you didn't do it fast enough. And half of them would leave again. Right. It was just and we would all laugh. This was a nightly occurrence. And so Crimson Skies is just one of many. Right. There there are so many other titles that like, you know, just give us that multiplayer experience. Try it. Right. See how it goes. If it doesn't last, then, you know, stop supporting the 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 pass and, and move on. But I I believe. With the in 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 here's what i see here's what i hope is that when nintendo is healthy nintendo gets weird this has kind of been a weird year for nintendo where they've put out games like the 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 uh doki uh what is it like the book reading club or so i can't even remember because i'm just not interested in these titles right but with a healthy xbox hopefully that means uh, like they can they can take more risks and take some risks on some of the and hopefully they understand that there is a community here that's very interested in the nostalgia that comes along with with some of the classic games like we we don't just love halo and we don't just love gears and and fable and and all those things like 
we we loved crimson skies yeah you know that was that was just what one of i don't know i mean if you look back at those days like you got games like brute force and there's just there's so so many uh, mech assault right could you imagine mech assault yeah it's the- funny because people ask phil all the time about that and he he came out and said the reason why they haven't brought mech assault back because he'd want to he wants to bring it back but he says that right now the, the ip is messy like who owns this and who owns that? Because a mecha souls is almost a guarantee. Uh, hell, I, I would even dare say, and I've been saying this for a while. It's great that we have a Forza Horizon. It's great that we have a a, a, a motorsport. But who who doesn't want to see Project Gotham return as the third one? Like that would be again. These these are older IPs, and I know that Microsoft owns a lot of them. Um, and Crimson Skies is one of them. Conquer banjo cameo there's there's a brute force i I know a lot of people didn't dig that didn't dig that game it was viva pinata boom viva pinata you and i bring that up all the time i'm glad you brought it up because that's a great thing that that was trending folks because it had touch controls viva pinata the thing is old as dirt but that's a game that could that could work in 2021 and beyond uh, but let's 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 get um, VJ's uh, a final opinion on this. We're going to get to the big one of the show, and, and Pong, I'm glad you're here because this is going to be this is one of those um, opinions that is going to be vast. Everyone has a different opinion. My brother and I don't even disagree. We just totally disagree on this. But VJ, what what are your thoughts on Microsoft themselves creating a studio? to cater to older IPs outside of what they're making in. And again, I'm not taking away anything from what they're doing with Fable, what they're doing with Perfect Dark. I get it. Those are two big ones. They're going to do it. That's Mm -hmm. great. But for me, it's not enough. And maybe I'm being a greedy SOB, and that's fine. Where do you feel on a studio dedicated like Bluepoint for bringing back older IP? It was so funny you mentioned um, Jet Set Radio Future because it, it was mentioned last night on uh, Midweek Gaming and <laughs> and it received lots of uh, loving and affectionate yep. uh, heart-shaped oohs and ahs from hairy grown men. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I think it, it would be a great if we'd ever see the return of that title. And um, but I, I we talk about points of convergence, boom, um, what each of the companies are doing and looking at each other and where, where they're failing, where they're succeeding. And Points of convergence are inevitable, and um, and that's why I always say, you know, regardless of what Xbox is doing, you can see on the trajectory that they're on, there's always going to be scope for improvement, right? At Xbox, and um, and given the amount of future promise that they continually sort of um, sort of deliver on on a quarterly basis in terms of what's to come, you know, it's it feels like it, the sky's the limit, and you don't feel shy about asking them or telling them <laughs> what you would like to see, you know, um, in the future. And, and, and I think someone mentioned Nintendo. I mean, if you look at Sony and especially Nintendo, um, they are masters um, at generating and retaining awareness and uh, revenues uh, from, from recycling and remastering or remaking and aggressively licensing, I would say, uh, existing and, and um, uh, intellectual property. And I'm, I'm, I was a little disappointed with Battletoads. I think it needed another six months of development in order to sort of tune and balance. And, and of course, it needed the implement, implementation of multiplayer. My, my guess is that if Xbox feel the engagement and audience is there and uh, they desire to offer remakes to the community at large, 
then I think they'll do it wholeheartedly. Um, so I guess the short answer is, is yes, they should. But as long as then, as long as sort of, um, I mentioned Battletoads is, you know, isn't the sort of blueprint. I was going to say blue point there, but isn't the blueprint and um, and instead serves as an acute reminder as to how not to go about um, the process of delivering uh, on potential promise or rebirthing projects, as you mentioned, uh, then 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 I think we'll be in safe hands. And I think it was the Welsh chap, the elusive gamer on the show last week, was it, Boom, um, alongside everyone else. And, um, you know, he was suggesting and hoping and petitioning for, for a few uh, Japanese games that were created by Sakaguchi-san over at Miss Walker. To perhaps to be remade, and and I would welcome this approach very much. And I think Yakuza Kiwami One and Two are a really, really are a godsend, and they serve as um, for me as an immaculate and honourable example of how remakes should be managed and delivered yeah. with with significant night versus day visual upgrades, along with many others, many others upgrades leading the way. And I know. And a reason why I mentioned that, um, because Pong mentioned about, look, it's got to make business sense as well. And I, and I completely agree agree with him. Um, and I know that the business plan or, or, or the business case, or a business case for that matter, needs to make sense before committing resources to, to a long-term endeavor. But I think it's uh, an what we've already seen. It's an important part of um, Nintendo and Sony's strategy. So why not Microsoft's? That's the question, I guess. Yeah. But but you but the other reason why I mentioned Yakuza Boom is the Yakuza remakes came at a time when the IP was less known, less familiar, less engaged with amongst gamers than some of the ones that we're mentioning now um, that clearly stood the test of time. And if and if you've got plans to remake a game and sort of revitalize the IP longer term as well, uh, remember there's, um, and, I, and I guess I'm just echoing what Josh has said, is that there is a huge audience in Game Pass that have not experienced older IPs and are not gaming connoisseurs like uh, uh, Box, and, Box and Bear and um, whose imaginations are not engaged by older visual styles and, and slightly clunky, or well, that, that might be unfair, boom, or unwieldy controls, right, in terms of how polished they are as uh, each and every year, right, that um, game controls and, uh, you know, are finessed. And we had a fantastic discussion yesterday on Midweek Gaming with uh, Stubbs, Cerebral Paul and, and Ghostbuster in regards to game preservation and how Game Pass may help identify uh, what and how Historica IPs are engaged with by Xbox team or studios and um, and perhaps can be remade um, for the platform. Is it's, it's definitely going to be something in, worth investigating for sure. And you would imagine that the team over at Xbox have had this meeting and discussion. It's not just us, right? right. At more than one point in time. And and we, the populace or the mass populace that, that support Xbox, just haven't heard what the bottom line is or was, right? And hopefully, you know, 25 million subscribers by, I don't know, some heavenly messianic miracle will, will download Banjo-Kazooie this weekend, right? And uh, which will in turn send a clear and divine message to Phil and company as to what needs to happen next. I Just to finish off, I know of one, one very important and influential podcast host who resides uh, on the East Coast that I think that would surely be extremely happy with this sort of outcome. But anyway, that's just me, Dom. Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, again, you know, we have seen more times than not Sony and Nintendo celebrate 
where they came from. And, I'm not, and again, I'm, it is not a dig at all at Microsoft saying that they don't because they are bringing back Fable and they're bringing back Perfect Dark. And honestly, whoever would have thought they would bring back Perfect Dark? So I'm, I'm happy as a gamer because we are getting older IPs done in new ways. New, the new Fable is going to retain its charm from the set, you know, from its original trilogy, but it's going to be done in a modern way. Uh, Perfect Dark looks like obviously it's uh, keeping the first person perspective when we thought it was going to be otherwise, and it's going to be a more, uh, you know, serious spy thriller that's going to have a lot of, uh, you know, again, I, I can't say that the alien thing that they had in the original is going to return or it's not because we don't know much about the game. Elvis? <laughs> I mean, he very well could return. <laughs> but with that said, there's still a market for it. And again, we have to bring Xbox Game Pass into the conversation because of that service, it allows Microsoft to be a little bit more risky with certain investments because, again, they're not trying to sell the said game to make back said money that they spent. They're what they're trying to do is add to the service, which they have done in, in, in a way that no one ever would have thought. I mean, when again, they still sell it as a service. It gives you 100 games when we know for a fact that right now there's over 400. So they're underselling it and people are, you know, flocking to it in a big way. I have a very strange suspicion that by the Game Awards, we're getting an announcement that they have surpassed 30 million. And again, that's that's not even going out of the range of holy cow, they did it. That's just going based on the one million per month that they're averaging. So it's it's going to be a big deal. But listen, let me catch up on a few of the super chats. And we have a new channel member. Want to thank Sleepy Goblin Two D. Thanks a lot for joining the channel. Once again, definitely appreciate that. <clears throat> Pardon me. And Drawn TJ drops an additional five dollars super chat. And says I wish they would remake Midtown Madness Street, dude. That was a dope game. Uh, that 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 was. That's that wouldn't be a bad remake at all. But again, if, if not to be selfish, if you're gonna meet, remake a racing game, you gotta bring back Project Gotham One, and let's you know why not have a third racer that you can just you know have one you know like the Call of Duty guys. You know they have multiple teams. It's new Call of Duty. They give two years to work on it. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I would definitely be into it. Raiden Blade, generous friend of the show, he drops. Very generous. Oh my God. He says a $20 super is Burning Rangers is the only remake I want. Dude, that was old school. That was one of the last Saturn games made, dude. Oh my God. Burning Rangers was way ahead of its time. It's Xbox, buy Sega, and make everyone happy. Unleash, uh, unleash their IPs. People have been have to remember that many game codes are missing. So remakes, remasters have uh uh, may may have a little issue. Yeah, game pre this is where it comes into the game preservation conversation, how important it is to uh, have these games available. And again, I, I, I think that the remake thing or remaster thing is 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 seen its you know it's it's seen its welcome. I I like the Resident Evil 2 remake approach. Make something old new again and make it even better than the original. That's when you have me. Uh, Lord Roughness, good generous friend of the show. He drops. A five dollars super gen says the Xbox controller doesn't need any gimmicks while playing multiplayer competitive games. It's great as it is. Well, you know, it's funny you should talk about that because that is where we're going to move to 
right now. And Pong, I'm ha I'm happy that to have you here. Now, look, here's the thing. Joe is not here. He could potentially pop in. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. But I am going to talk about the final topic. And I say final, folks. I mean, we're only an hour 15 into the show. We still have 45 minutes. But, folks, this is this is one of those topics that is going to be heavily debated. It's going to have a tremendous amount of opinions attached to it. Uh, there could be some emotion shown behind it. I say temper your expectations. I don't work for Microsoft. I'm not changing your controller. But I do want to talk about what needs and what could potentially come. Now, when talking about the modern-day controller, folks, many in this community will argue that the Xbox One controller is the perfect weight, size, and button layout. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue. Folks, I have 15 controllers, and four of them are elites. So I'm in the controller business. As a matter of fact, I have just made my own Banjo-Kazooie controller, and that will be here the first week of August. But, you know, on October 27th of 2015, Microsoft did something that we have seen in the private sector of custom, you know, high expensive controllers, you know, $200 controllers and your scuff controllers, right? We haven't seen it very often in the Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox eras prior. Well, they released the Elite controller for 150 bucks, and honestly, they shocked the gaming world. Turns out, folks, that the Elite, outside of some rubber grip issues coming unglued, it was probably the best gaming controller I've personally ever used. And in 2019, well, they made some changes to the Elite 1.0 by releasing the 2.0, and of course... They made it better. No more, you know, rubber grips uh, coming off of it. They changed the internal battery thing. That a lot of people didn't like, you know, but it was a much better controller than the original. Now, with the release of the Xbox Series X and S controllers, the standard controllers, more upgrades came to already in what I consider the world's best controller that included texture grips on both the triggers and the bumpers, the hybrid D-pad, and the dedicated share button, which we've seen last generation for Sony. Microsoft finally caught up and, 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 and added that, which is a big deal, especially when you want to take pictures and throw it up on the socials. I do it all the time. But now I want to move into the discussion of what I think is going to be one of the most controversial topics that we talk about on uh, the Xbox Factor podcast in 2021, and that is what potentially could come to the Elite 3.0 controller, and I think it should have it. Now, you've seen in the chat, my brother dropped the super chat. He disagrees 100%. Not saying he's wrong or right. He he loves his Elite, and he uses it to the best visibility. Just watch him play Destiny. He's an ace, straight up. Um, but I, I, I kind of got to bring PlayStation to the conversation because... I happen to really like the DualSense. I think that there is something to be said about haptic triggers. I think there's something to be said about the way that controller was made. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the PlayStation controls that came before it for PlayStation 1 through 4 were shit. Okay? The PlayStation 3 controller, the worst controller in the history of controllers with those angled trigger buttons 
they were horrendous. The six axis was a joke. It didn't work. Um, the PlayStation 4 controller, though slightly better, still not my jam. I don't I I I really enjoy the offset analog sticks. We know they're never gonna change to that. You have to buy a third party if you want to do that. But then we have to move into what happened with the PlayStation 5. Now, the PlayStation 5 itself is an ugly system. It's 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 so ugly that I had to go out and buy a piece of furniture to hide it because Mrs. Boomstick was like, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never give you a crap about anything that is horrendous looking and it's an eyesore. She's not lying. The thing is, it's it's gross. It's gross looking. And that's the it's, bottom line. It's just popping its color. Yeah, yeah. It's well, just... you know what? Pop it somewhere else, but don't do it in the boomstick household because Mrs. Boom says nay. Um, but we gotta talk about the dual sense controller. Now, granted, do I think the dual sense is better than the than the Elite 2.0 or even the standard Xbox Series X and S? The answer is I do not. I like everything about the S and X controller. The standard controller has it feels the way is perfect. The size is perfect. I like the trigger grips. Uh, it's 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 has the offset. It has everything I need. But with that said, one of the things that we talk about in gaming is that there is a premium experience. King David, if he was here, would tell you that a premium experience is for the upper echelon of gamers who invest heavily into the into their um, their hobby. Uh, and whether that be you're a PC elitist, whether you have the best headset in, uh, that money could buy for your PlayStation or your Xbox, or you go out and you buy $180 Elite 2.0, whatever your case may be, there is a market for it. And even though we have no idea what the Elite... 3.0 controller is going to look like or contain, I got to bring up the, the, the conversation that Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, had at Kind of Funny. Uh, and this, uh, I pulled the article from good friends of this program, uh, the VGC, videogamechronicles.com. And here is what Phil Spencer had to say on the matter of the PlayStation 5 DualSense. We're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that could bring more games to more places. There's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. I think Sony's, Sony has done a nice job with their controller, and we kind of look at some of that, and there are things that we should go and do. Now, is he immediately suggesting that he's going to add chocolate to your peanut butter and ruin your life? Well, no, he's not saying that at all. He is suggesting that he has, has heard many people in this community, whether you agree or disagree, that the PS5 DualSense is a marvel in itself, and it does a lot of really great things. All you have to do is play Astrobot. Now, I'm not saying we should be blowing into our controllers. I think that's stupid. I That, is, I think, is dumb. We don't need to do that. But there are certain things that are been added to the dual sense that I really like and would love to see, especially the haptic triggers. I, I really do dig that. And I think that that would be a nice subtle addition to the 3.0 on top of everything it already has. Pong, you're our guest. Got to bring you in on the conversation. Where do you fall on the PS5 dual sense or the Xbox series and, and or 
3.0 Elite, getting some PS5 DualSense additions. Where, where do you fall on that? Well, I fall probably closer to your brother, Neo Mental. Um, my biggest, I'm not against innovation in any way, shape, or form. And I think it's always good to be pushing forward. And it's always good to recognize, uh, even if it's a, a competitor, when they do something good and implementing those features in uh, to whatever it is, whatever your hardware is or your content is. So I don't have a problem with innovation. Where I have a problem is, is that number one, my biggest issue is why keep adding more features when you can't even fix what's currently wrong with the hardware itself. So when we're talking about controllers, my biggest issue is stick drift. If you're going to spend all this money and engineer new features, um, whether it be haptics or whatever the case may be, um, why are you not spending the engineering money into figuring out why you can't build a controller that doesn't develop stick drift? So I would rather have them focus all their efforts, and this goes across everybody. This, this is Nintendo, this is Xbox, this is PlayStation, to fix what you currently have first before you keep putting in more options, which also creates the opportunity for more uh, problems. And that's where I fall in. Um, you know, second, uh, my biggest, my, my next biggest concern is, is that you're splitting your player base when you offer this as an option to some, but not to others. And then you're asking developers to develop for these options, which are not going to be used by the majority. It's going to be used by the minority because let's face it, most people don't go out and spend the money on the elite, myself included. Um, so the deal is, is that it's fine if you want to do it. I'm not going to sit here and tell any company they can't go ahead and, and innovate and put in all these options and they see it being used elsewhere and really like it and go ahead and do that. But again, I want it to be remain an option. And if you're going to do that, then you again split your player base. And that for me is the biggest issue. Now, if this had been something that they decided to do at the beginning of the generation and they had gone forward and, 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 uh, you know, looked at Sony and, and they probably knew what, what they were putting into their controller and, and said, Hey, we want to do this too. And went ahead and did it fine. But now you've got the, now you've already got a player base out there with the regular controllers. Now you're going to introduce this in some form or fashion. And if it's in the elite, okay, that's, that's fine. But again, that's going to be a small percentage of people taking advantage of it. And then you've also got the other people who are still going to buy the elite, and never use that option. Like I would, uh, again, for me, I don't get immersion through my hands. I turn off vibration off of most controllers. Um, certain games, I will use it just as a little warning thing. Um, you know, when they use it in that manner, when I can tell something's, you know, approaching or whatever the case may be. But for the most part, I'm going to turn it off because it annoys me more than anything. Or I'm so immersed in what's visually in front of me and what I'm hearing that I don't even notice it. So for me, it's a, it's a, a take it or leave it uh, kind of deal. Um, I just... I really want them to focus on the issues that they have to perfect the controllers. And I know there's no such thing as perfection, especially when it comes to technology. You're always going to have issues. But the stick drift to me is the main problem. And they still have not fixed that. There are class action lawsuits out there against it. And they still don't put the time and effort into fixing it uh, in one way or another. Now, I've heard Xbox 
uh, may have switched companies because I know at one point, I believe all of them, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox, were using the same manufacturer for the uh, for the uh, controller parts as far as the sticks go. I, I think Xbox may have now shifted away from uh, that company due to the fact that there is a class action lawsuit, um, and I hope that's the case, but they got to do more. We got to figure something out about that, and again, I understand. I'm not expecting a lifetime uh, you know, a controller to last me a lifetime. And, and obviously everybody uses their controllers differently. I'm, I'm light, what I would consider light on my controllers. I do not throw controllers. I do not hack on controllers and I still wind up with stick drift. So for me, that's the, that's case number one. Um, it, it'll fix that first, then come talk to me about adding these other features that you want to move forward with. Um, so I guess, you know, boom, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. Phil sees, obviously, he mentioned it out loud. So he sees that there is some positive, uh, you know, things to come from uh, adding these kind of features. So who am I to tell him not to do it? Um, but I just wish they would focus more on the other thing, the other aspects and get those down before they, they, they add these extra features. That's where I stand. I mean, listen, you make a lot of sense. And I know that my brother in the chat is smiling. He also said he hates me, which he really doesn't. He's lying. Um, but well, we yeah, I mean, true. yeah, we, of course he does. He's full of it. Uh, but it, listen, to be honest, I, I, I like I like the way you approached it. Uh, the stick drift is a problem. Uh, they should fix that. No, no doubt about that. Um, but you know what? Uh, uh, Boxenberger, let's let's get your opinion on this. This is this is a, a highly debatable topic uh, again. I'm happy with my controller so much so that I just did another design lab. So it's going to be my 16th controller. Um, I only have two. I only have two hands. So I, I like controllers, but I also do like what they did with the dual sense for you. Do you, would you like to see anything, anything be added uh, that that's currently available? Cause you have a PlayStation five. You've, you've, you've enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, would you like to see any of that functionality come to, of course, an Xbox controller, whether that be the standard or the Elite, for that matter. Okay, um, that really depends on uh, about which functionality we are talking about, because the DualSense um, has a couple of functionalities that the Xbox controller doesn't have. It has the built-in speaker, it has the built-in microphone, and I sure hope they don't adopt with uh, those kind of features. Um, I don't like the speaker. I don't like the mic. I have it turned off all the time, and I hate when my controller suddenly makes sounds during during a uh, gaming <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't like that. Um, but boom, I'm with you. Uh, the DualSense is probably the best controller Sony has ever made. Um, I didn't particularly like the Dual uh, Shock Four, to be honest. Um, that ch controller just felt it was cheap. awful. Yeah, it, was it awful. just felt like one of, of of the toys of my kids. Yeah, um, yeah. In my hand. It 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 did, didn't have that um that uh, quality feeling in your hand and that has definitely changed with the dual sense 5 yes. and i do like the rumble functions and the adaptive triggers and stuff that is is a great feature and it's always easy to say now oh i want that in my xbox controller as well but we kind of have to consider here a couple of things um, the first is, of course, we still don't know really about durability of these um, uh, rumble functions and if that's a good point yeah yeah, um, the the console isn't isn't is out in the field for what now nine months ten months it's it's really we don't have have that um, kind of data yet uh, whether that's a durability feature and if I have an, a 
put it in an elite controller, you could argue both ways. Um, on the one hand, you could say, okay, in that more expensive controller, they could build in even higher quality components, so durability should be even better. But uh, then uh, it's it's just more functionality and more can go wrong. And I don't want to have my 180 euro uh, controller bricked uh, because of a, of a rumble function. Yeah, so that is definitely something we need to consider here. And then we have to to think about what is the trade-off for it, um, because that those functions cost money, and that means that they will have to reduce the costs on other parts in the controller. And um, uh, Pong just mentioned it. Um, I never had an issue with the stick drift, but. I know people have it. So in the end, it's always a business case. Yeah, You put in another uh, some functionality in the Rumble function, you have to take the money out of another function that is in the controller. And that's probably a function that is used a little bit more than uh, that haptic feedback, because that's my next point. In how many games would we see it? If the base controller does not support it, there is this very small percentage of elite controller owners that could potentially use it and from those um, um, few percent of, um, of of elite controller owners, uh, half of the, those uh, will turn it off um, and not use it um, because it will be optional. Um, I know so many people who turned the DualSense um, haptic controllers off, especially when it comes to um, competitive games. I know nobody who plays with that uh, haptic feedback uh, in in a competitive game. So we have to really consider that how many games would we actually get where that function is implemented for that very, very small percentage um, um, of, of gamers who would have and uh, ha or own that uh, Rumble um, Elite 3 controller. And when you consider all that, I don't know if it really makes sense for them. I could see it happening um, when they put it in the actual base controller so that just the install base is bigger out there because then you have an install base, uh, also a considerable install base also for third-party developers, yeah? Because right now we see it on the PlayStation. It's mainly um, mainly the first-party studios or exclusives that, that take advantage of that feature uh, properly. And... Um, of course, if both consoles, Sony and, and Microsoft would have it, th third-party publishers would be more interested. But then again, um, same point with durability and quality of the function. If you put it in the base controller, you can't use expensive components. You have to use cheap components. And um, so it always comes back to that trade-off. And yeah, I know I talked a lot, um, but it, it it really is a, is a trade-off. And I think... Um, if I think about an Elite 3 controller, as much as I love these Rumble functions, I'd rather see them um, improve on, on other durability uh, things, implement now the share button. That's the, my main reason why I don't use my Elite anymore, to be honest. <laughs> um, I miss the share button. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's a lot that they can do with an Elite 3 controller, and I don't know if it would justify uh, the, to ins uh, the, the, the costs that they put in that controller with additional Rumble functions for that very small install base later. I mean, I, I, again, everyone's making perfect sense here, and I know my brother's doing, a, he's doing the dance uh, in the aisle, which is great. Good on you, uh, Dan. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's bring in Josh. Josh, listen, everyone makes great points. 
And again, I, I have to I have to make it put it out there that I'm not saying that I want Microsoft to do Sony things and Sony to do Microsoft things. Well, I want Sony to do Microsoft things in regards to Game Pass. They never will because they're just, you know, they are who they are. But in regards to the controller, do, do you want to see any changes come uh, to the, in the form of DualSense esque type of uh, of um, additions to the whether it be the standard Series X and S controller or the Elite 3.0? I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know if I'm playing devil's advocate or if I kind of just sit in both camps, okay? Because if you have somebody that's playing things very competitive typically they're going to turn rumble off they're going to turn off a lot of the gimmick stuff they're going to throw their trigger stops on yes on their elite control i, ha- I have that when i when i play competitively i'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm i'm you know letting people take behind the curtain but i have the half pull triggers yeah i mean so yeah i i play a lot of shooters my i'm staring at my elite series two right now you know i've got my extended stick on the right stick and i yep. use my bumpers you, you know what i mean like i love that stuff that being said, remember when the Xbox One came out, the the rumble in the triggers was kind of the thing, right? So you could feel the rumble of the car yes. when we were playing uh, Forza, and the you know the rumble of your of your machine gun, that kind of thing. All 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 fun. Sometimes the rumble was a little much, and it would like honestly kind of tickle my fingertips, <laughs> and it was just kind of like eh, whatever. So so. I like options, right? And I have a friend co-host on one of my podcasts. He, the PlayStation with the DualSense, I mean, he went from an Xbox One X to the PlayStation. He doesn't even know when he's going to get a Series X. Not because he doesn't want to play Xbox games, just because he doesn't have time. But he's loving the DualSense. He loves the immersion that it helps, right? My neighbor recently had me come over i sat down in a game chair that was mounted uh with 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 a steering wheel a kicker gas pedals right the whole deal sitting right in front of a 42 inch tv with with the sound bar and subwoofers and everything it was all about immersion right like he that's how he played games i i don't even know if he really went online it was more like just time trials and i mean seriously you you go outside when he's playing, it sounds like there's like the <laughs> like NASCAR is just going crazy in his house, you know. And so <laughs> there are those gamers that like they don't necessarily just, you know, throw on the gaming headset and and start sweating to the oldies in in competitive. They're <laughs> they're they're out there enjoying their their single player experiences there and and having the the triggers that make it feel more like you're you know firing a a a a real weapon or or giving like making puzzles different or just anything that can make it make it more like just increase the immersion i'm 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 all about it i i think i think for me there were there were two semi disappointments firing up the series x the ui and the controller because it didn't feel like anything had changed it just outside of the share button it outside of the share button right and then when i go back to my i'm always playing on my elite series 2 i there, there was it, it it kind of felt like a faster xbox one 
that's there there wasn't that like oh this is a fresh new feeling it's just oh okay it's more it's more of the same it's a it's a it's a minor gripe right it's it's just that's that's all it is so I, I, may I, like I may I jump in here one? Yeah, yeah, please. Quickly? Because it's funny you say that. I was actually really surprised by the Series X controller when I had hold it for the first time in my hand because I was expecting exactly your experience. Yeah, nothing has changed um, except the share button. But I I really was surprised by how good the D pad felt. It felt even better than on my Elite uh, controller. Um, still love the D pad, the new one. Um, I thought the the the, the little grip on the um on the triggers really changed the feeling of the controller and the size it just feels a little bit more comfortable than the uh, xbox one controller to me so i was actually kind of surprised by how different it felt you're you're not wrong at all and and to be fair i fired up my series x and grabbed my elite series one because i needed my bumpers for yeah. when i was jumping into my shooters or my uh my yeah. uh the paddles right so i didn't actually touch the series x controller for probably three weeks wow. and you know because I, I, mm -hmm. I just i needed my paddles that's what i was used to playing with and then i went to the elite series 2 shortly after and so i do agree the controller feels great the d-pad is nice and clicky like i i like all that stuff don't get me wrong but when it's the it's the same look and and that's kind of what I'm getting. And like I said, it's a minor gripe. Like it's not, it's not, you know, and then you've also got the, uh, the issue of the, the dual sense wearing out relatively quick, right? You start adding more components, things are going to start breaking. And we, I mean, the moment I got my, I had to buy an uh, used elite series two. The moment I got it, it had stick trip. Now I wow. got it with prime so that I could send it back. But, for 30 bucks on eBay, I found a guy that replaced everything so that it's a, a brand new controller. It worked great. Wow. But because of those, you know, you get more moving components like the DualSense, you're going to have issues like that that, yeah. that, that we're going to run into. So I'm all for the immersion. I think it's great, especially in those single, single player, you know, like real cinematic experiences. But when you're, you know, when you're getting competitive and and really wanting to take, you know, take your game to the next level, you probably don't want to deal with, you know, he was talking about how Call of Duty, you're trying to fire a light machine gun and you have to really pull hard on that trigger to get it to fire. Like, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to deal with that in multiplayer. For story games, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, great point. Real quick, before we get to VJ, uh, to close out the topic, and again, this is a highly, highly debatable topic. The chat's going crazy. I want to thank everybody. For being here, I want to announce the three winners for the Christmas in July part two. Uh, Scrub Nurse, uh, who, who suffered a bike injury. Well, guess what? This is going to make the boo boo feel better. You won a hundred dollar gift card, my brother. Ooh. And I will be sending that to you as soon as the show ends. And uh, the fifty dollar gift card comes to talented MF uh, Diego. Uh, Primero is is got the fifty dollar gift card, and Jason Hatchet gets the twenty five dollar uh, Xbox gift card, and I will be sending it as soon as the show is done. Check your DMs, and I'll be reaching out to you momentarily. But VJ, closing out this very debatable topic, where do you fall on you know PlayStation having 
you know, the, the DualSense uh, controller <laughs> and a lot of people really enjoying it. Do you feel Xbox needs to um, you know, bring some of that functionality to their controllers, whether that be the standard or the Elite 3.0? Um, I, I just wanted to address one of um, Pong's points um, in regarding to uh, ongoing issues, if I may. Um, I think if you look at controllers, cars, tablets, or washing machines, or whatever electronics you've got, like many other modern devices, um, they're all being heavily invested into R&D level, right down to components. And unfortunately, unlike the 50s and 60s, modern day appliances are designed for timely obsolescence. Um, it's a it's a poor and impoverished practice amongst all corporations. And I would hope that if something that comes out of these uh, lawsuits is that changes to manufacturing processes and, and, and as um, Bear said, durability are addressed, but more, but most likely best not to hold your breath, right, in this instance. And it's, and it's probably cost effective to manage a potential lawsuit, which has already been, from my experience, factored in as a contingency into the initial cost of... Um, of production and so on and so forth. But anyway, go figure. Um, <clears throat> in terms of your question, Boom, um, I don't think we should be quick to dismiss or omit um, a dual sense type or, or even an evolutionary controller for Xbox, uh, which I guess the question is, why would you want to stem expression, progress, and creativity? Again, going back to Pong Souls, um, uh, to point. Um, for me, I just want to reiterate a few points I've already made in, uh, a few times in the past, that if you lead the way, <clears throat> you're going to provide guidance for those that follow. Microsoft are doing it to Sony, Sony are doing it to Microsoft, and Nintendo are doing it to both of them, and vice versa. So <clears throat> my other point has always been in uh, relations to a relation to uh, convergence, which is inevitability, right, at some point in time. And here is another profound example or juncture post where we're finding ourselves at, right, where and I think that going forward, there's going to be many, many more that we venture into into the future, and that are going to be hot topics for um, for this uh, for this sort of uh, this sort of show. And you can see this, and it just popped in my head uh, with the recent PS5 and Xbox Series X uh, hardware being released. Right, they're not astonishingly different, especially when you go back and compare a couple of generations ago. You know, the contrast in technical engineering approaches between the Xbox 360 and PS3 convergence isn't an inevitability especially if it makes commercial sense. And when we, I remember that when we'd first heard of the DualSense, and um, I was, at that time I was more uh, prevalent on, on Twitter, which I'm not these days, people were asking, you know, why are Sony increasing, you know, an already potentially heavy, you know, cost of production or build cost or bomb cost and offering this much sort of, this much larger looking device, right? Because uh, I am I don't have a PS4, uh, a PS5 boom, so you'll have to attest to the size of the. It's a, it's a slightly bigger controller. Yeah. It has a little bit more weight for it, for yeah. sure. It, it definitely but, feels quality. So, so in turn, you know, given the cost of uh, materials and uh, and components, is obviously going to be costing more. And and at the time, it was also seen by some outlets as a marketing gimmick. You know, prior to its launch, and I have to go, sort of again take a macro uh, approach to this. I believe that. Every object, tool, device, or, or, or item, regardless of controllers, has its potential use. It, it comes down to um, creative developer, whether you're yeah, whether you're a developer or a plumber or even a carpenter, right? Uh, whoever comes along, 
who is bright enough and can implement or make or, or, or find a use for a seemingly benign or innocuous or, or dull object, right, item or gadget, until it's not. So I think, I think for Phil, I, I understand what he said, and, um, and he won't be obviously making the decision alone. And when he does make the final call, it should also be, for my opinion, partially, you know, based uh, in terms of um, a compassionate decision or a kind decision, as well as a business one, as as well as that offers <clears throat> that offers. If he goes ahead with it, or whatever he, they plan to go ahead with, because who knows what they've got, you know, going on in the R and D department, that it offers more uh, options and uh, future potentiality for for his developers and studios, first party and and and, and second party and third party, and diversity first and foremost. But unfortunately, sometimes I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to sound sound rude, but unfortunately, far too many of us think of gaming as an exclusive club rather than a join a gift that should be shared and and expanded upon. In in these cases, why wouldn't I don't think Xbox have just jumped the gun, jumped and said, you know, straight out of the bat that we're going to make this. Is that I think they're wise to the fact that it's not always a, a corporation's decision, right? The, the sometimes the wiser approach is to query a query a crowd. The wisdom of crowds, in my opinion, in certain cases, shouldn't be underestimated. And it will also be a question, perhaps several questions too, as I've mentioned, just sort of like um, leaned into just a little bit to all of Xbox internal producers and studios in order to arrive at a sensible consensus. I'm sure Sony and Nintendo, when they're designing, you know, some of their sort of um, new concepts or products that actually hit the market have gone through these processes. So if and when, you know, uh, is it haptics or whatever, or other technically advanced controller mechanisms uh, are going to be designed or in design, and uh, inevitably, you know, developed into a commercial product, then, you know, they will have plans for it, you would assume, right, rather than just being a reactionary um, counter to whatever Sony and Nintendo are doing. And and if Xbox, um, you, you know, perhaps don't want to make this, right, there's nothing stopping um, um, a third-party partner um, that's proficient in making controllers or other uh, accessories. And we've seen that uh, with uh, Microsoft partner. Was it with Seagate for the expansion um, card and so on yes. and so forth? So, yeah. but, so that might be on the cards, right? We, we don't know, right? And uh, Microsoft, so maybe Phil knows, look, we've got something in, in cooking in, in the background, but it's not, in, it's not us. It's a third party that has come up with something, and we're probably going to give them a license to produce it, right? So, um, and... Um, in terms of my sort of mentioning um, another point, which was in terms of convergence, is Sony and Nintendo are seemingly, you know, just looking at them, right, taking a long-term view on subscription-based models where consumers can, you know, pay a fee to download and play games, you know, especially first-party titles on on uh, uh, on day of launch. In this instance, Xbox are leading and providing guidance to those two, right? So it, it is going around and roundabouts more and more and more. Uh, often, you know, um, than, than ever in the past. But obviously, Xbox, I think that will do it. And this is why I think it perhaps might be longer term before we see something, is that it will definitely coincide with certain games that are perhaps in development uh, within first party to, to, uh, to sort of coincide with some sort of commercial launch. And as I say, at some point in the next five to 10 years, all three companies, depending on how successful their content pipeline is, which I think is first and foremost, is as gamers, what we should be concerned about, will offer very similar hardware accessories, be it controllers or VR headsets and, and accessibility options. And I guess the question 
that's kind of in my mind, shouldn't improving uh, the world with options, diversity and opportunities as a whole not be the ultimate goal? And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that that's what we agreed on last week in terms of even just access, the accessibility topic that we were discussing in, in relation to Paul, cerebral Paul. So anyway, I've just thrown some nonsense out there, boom. So I hope some of that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And everyone had a great, great takes on it. Pong, uh, Boxabar, uh, Boxabar, uh, Josh, and of course yourself. Uh, and uh, again, great conversation. One that I think we're going to be returning to when we see the uh, the Elite 3.0, whenever that's announced, people are waiting for it. People enjoy their three point, uh, their 2.0, which I have, and it's it is a fantastic controller. But real quick, we got to get Boxer Bear out of here because obviously he's going to the midweek mix-up uh, birthday bash, which I'll be yeah. I'm dropping in in about uh, ten minutes. I'm only going to spend ten minutes in there because Mrs. Boom is off. We're on vacation together, and I just wanted to go and show my support, but. Uh, um, real quick, DeAndre Banks drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, hopefully Crimson Skies makes a return. Indeed, my brother. Uh, the, um, Andre DeLeon drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, loving the show, boom. How about, oh my God, Jade Empire remake. Yes, freaking please. That would be dope. Uh, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for the super chat. We had another one come in from, let's see, uh, Frederick Williams drops a very generous $5 super chat and, and says this, I think there is zero chance... Xbox doesn't add DualSense features to their next-gen controller, so I say they should get a jump on it now. And I agree. I think I think that they are R&Ding it right now as we speak. I want to thank all the Super Chats that came in. There was quite a few of them today. Thank you so much. And those Super Chats obviously helped Mrs. Boomstick and I do these big giveaways. This one was not. This is straight out of her pocket. Uh, 350 bucks she donated to make sure that we uh, celebrated the community and uh, Boxer Bear, tell everyone about your new video, where they can reach out to you on social media, but how to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Yeah, first, thanks again for having me on the show. I was uh, glad to be back here today. I really missed it last week. So thanks for the awesome discussions. Yeah, and people can find me basically everywhere at Boxenberger, at Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, and of course here on YouTube. As you said, I just uploaded another video the other day uh, about an analysis how Microsoft and Xbox changed the gaming industry over the course of the last years. Um, so if you're interested in that uh, kind of stuff, definitely check the channel out. Um, with my brand new PC, I can now put up videos in 4K 60 FPS, so at least they look good now. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll be on the Midweek Mix-Up podcast um, right now in like five minutes. That's why I really have to leave now, because um, that's the podcast where I'm usually every Wednesday um, at 2 p.m., Eastern and 8 p.m. Central Europe time. Um, that's a, a podcast with mainly um, European content creators, and they are celebrating, or we are celebrating, our first anniversary today. And that's why we have a big um, anniversary show with like 23 guests coming yeah. in and out, just like you, Boom, and all the other big names in the podcasting scene, or or most of them are coming in today. So yeah, can't wait. And I have to move over to the other show. Thanks, and yep, I see you guys next week. Go take care of business, brother. And uh, yeah. Pong Soul, let's grab you at it. Thank you so much for jumping in. Obviously, you saved the day once again. Always having a good voice and a positive voice to jump in is always great. Pong, tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, where they can subscribe to your YouTube channel, and more importantly, tell them 
about you and I and and, and, and your brother from another. I saw I, I, I still rain who has an incredible Saturday morning podcast at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Absolutely. Boom. Thank you so much for the invite. Hey, first of all, I just got to say, because this is a gaming podcast, I've had my one eye on the EA Play Live and Battlefield 2042 just showed off their portal and it is its own version of Forge. This is going to be absolutely gigantic. Yeah. The things that you people are going to come up with, I can't wait. I've already, I already was hyped for Battlefield, but my God, it looks good. This and is they probably just announced the Battlefield we've all been waiting for. Yes, absolutely. And they just announced Dead Space is coming back. So it's a great day for gamers, along with all the Game Pass content we just got. So, man, what an awesome Thursday. I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot of this stuff going forward. But wow. Uh, But no, thanks for the invite, Boom. I'm glad I could jump in. Awesome to be on a show, obviously, with Archimedes. BJ, of course, I, you know, again, I've looked up to you for so long, BJ. It's always <laughs> great to be on a show with you, sir. Uh, and of course, N64, Josh, man, we've done a few podcasts now, man. It's awesome. I love the different opinions we get and the different thoughts and talks that we have here. And the chat was just absolutely on fire. You guys are out of, out of control sometimes. You guys have some great, great ideas in there. Um, so just great to be here. Um Going to be on the uh, midweek mix-up birthday bash as well with Steel Rain. My brother from another living split screen is going to be invading over there after this. So it's going to be fantastic. Uh, And then, of course, we've got, where are we, Thursday? So tomorrow is two-tab Friday. We got, uh, so you got to hit me up on Xbox Ultimate with fun speculation. His amazing wife, Caitlin, and of course, the rest of Magnificent 7, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Come check us out there. Saturday mornings, like Boom already just talked about, Steel Rain and I, Living Split Screen, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, 9 o'clock Central Time, 3 p.m. UK Time. Come check us out. Man, we are just growing and growing, growing, loving every week. We get just bigger and bigger, and everybody's been just amazing. So come check us out. Living Split Screen, Split Screen, all one word. Saturday nights on the Shot Podcast with PTK, Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere, and maybe Stay Gorilla. He's taking a little bit of break. We'll see if he comes back. But this week we've got... Uh, 3-Bit is on, so my other brother is going to be on that show. So that's going to be fantastic, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. And, of course, I'll be back here next Tuesday on Xbox Factor Podcast, of course, with Mr. Boomstick, Zemi Games, 3-Bit, myself, and who knows who else shows up. Mav's been here, and we had Steel on this week, so it's always a great time. But, again, love you all. Play what you love. Love what you play, and we'll be talking to you guys real soon. Nice, nice. Well, thanks so much for being here. Josh, let's get you on out of here, brother. Thank you so much for being here, giving your opinion, joining the panel as you did a couple of weeks ago. Tell everyone about what you got going on, where they can subscribe, and check out your new work that you got going on with the new podcast you just launched. Yeah, just just I started with a company called Beamable. We, uh, we, we make an SDK for Unity. So if you're an indie dev... Uh, I, I honestly want to talk to you. So hit me up. Uh, my Twitter is at N64Josh. DMs are open. Um, I would I would love to chat with you. Uh, the other things I got going on, I'm N64Josh everywhere. Uh, you can check out the YouTube. You can check out the Twitch. And then the Halo Infinite podcast is also everywhere. And we record live on Thursdays at 9 nice. p.m. Pacific. So if you are a night owl, uh, come hang out. <laughs> we would love to. Uh, we would love to see you. And uh, we're, we're very, very excited for Halo Infinite. So, and just thanks again. 
boom for having me i love being here i love the chat i it's it's so great well thanks for being here brother and glad to hear that you are doing good work in the community and last in no way least the linguist himself vj thank you so much for of course doing what you do on this show each and every week and schooling us on the way you know and how gaming goes. Tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, brother. And what else you got going on? Uh, thanks, Boom. Uh, I was just going to say um, great panel members and uh, community in the chat today. Archimedes, Josh, and Pongsol, who uh, who surely now holds the record for the longest outro. Um, apologies, <laughs> if, apologies if my uh, points of conversation uh, may have been a little obscure and colourless today. I'll definitely aim to be better on the show uh, next week. But um, you can find me on um, Midweek Gaming on Wednesdays uh, right now, along with uh, Stubbs, Cerebral Paul, Removable Sanity, Mr. Tushi, and, Remo and um, Animated Evil, which I'm sure you guys uh, are well aware of. Um, and um, yeah, boom, thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend, everyone, and um, hopefully see you next week. Well, yeah, thanks for being here, brother. And of course, we want to wish everybody uh, a very safe, uh, enjoyable Thursday. Lots of gaming. Uh, real quick, just, I mean, we only have 150 people here. Spread the word. There will not be a new episode of Breakfast with Boom tomorrow. I am taking the day off. Uh, Mrs. Boomstick and I are going to have an extended weekend. I will be back to producing that show next Friday morning. Hopefully we can get King David uh, on and uh, talk about whatever is going on in the world. But yes, just remember, no Breakfast of Boom tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are taking a break. And honestly, uh, I need it. Uh, but listen, folks, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you for supporting Double Barrel Gaming in the biggest way. Congratulations to the three winners. I'll be getting your codes as soon as I'm done with jumping on the midweek podcast birthday special for 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and uh, I'll send those out to you, to your DMs. So check your DMs. The codes are verified, so they're going to work no problem. And, of course, thank you again for all the Super Chats. There were a ton of them today. And it's because of those Super Chats that we're able to do so many giveaways year-round. And we will continue that as we get closer to the holidays. So take care, everyone. Enjoy gaming. And, of course, I'm going to close out the show with something. That's important to me, hopefully, one day. It'll be important to you, and that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. Also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. <laughs>